This podcast is brought to you by Upcase. Improve your development skills by completing coding exercises that are peer-reviewed by real humans. Learn more at upcase.com. Have you ever heard of those completely um, soundproof rooms in that, like, no sound bounces at all? So, And apparently, like, the longest you can spend in it is, like, 45 minutes without going insane. Have you heard about this? It's like all the only sounds you can hear are coming out of your own body. Oh. So you can hear, like, your heart oh. beating. Like, and, and it drives people insane. Like, you can hear your blood pumping. Gross. Weird, right? Weird. I'll find a link. <laughs> Sweet. I should put Tony in there and film it. <laughs> yeah. I want to yeah. see what happens. I, I'll bet if anybody could go longer than 45 minutes, it would be – Tony will either last three hours <laughs> or 30 seconds, and he would yeah. just be clawing at the door. <laughs> I want to get out. I want to get out. Or just spend three hours and they're going like, dude, guys. <laughs> it's so quiet in here. <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Gordon in Boston. And this is Mark in San Francisco. And this is Build Phase. So what's up? I just had barbecue. Yeah. So I'm it's a good lunch. Pretty pretty delighted right yeah, now. Yeah, no, I bet. Some chicken, some ribs, beans, potato mm-hmm. salad. Mm-hmm. Heavy on the mustard, which I like. Mm-hmm. A little bit of cornbread. Ooh. Mm. And I love, ribs. I love cornbread so much. Piece de resistance. It's the ribs. They were heavily peppered, which I also like. Yeah. Mm. God damn. That's good. Now I want barbecue. But I can't get good barbecue here because it's Massachusetts. It just doesn't exist. I've had good barbecue in your office. Yeah, it's fine. Blue ribbon? It's fine. It doesn't meet your high Texan standards. No. I think that if the store closes by choice... It's not a real barbecue joint. You have to close. <laughs> if you're running a barbecue joint and you have like posted hours, like we close at 10 p.m., that's not a real barbecue place. A real barbecue place closes because they run out of meat. You cook the meat and you sell it until it's gone. And then it's like two in the afternoon. You're like, I guess we have to close. We have no more product to sell. That's a real barbecue joint. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> so what else is new? Is that it? Mm-hmm. I feel like I looked at a link earlier. Was it from iOS Dev Weekly? Probably. I found that I'm discovering less and less new things from iOS Dev Weekly. Mm-hmm. I think it's just because I'm so well informed <laughs> and I just really have my finger on the pulse of the right. dev community. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not really his fault. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's my fault for being too great. Yeah. No, all of this sounds accurate to me. Damn well, better. I think what I was looking at was he posted an article on um, uh, flow controllers, which I thought would be an interesting addition to our MVVM stack. Or maybe maybe it's not our MVVM stack, but it's our... I think it would fit in better with this view controller containment thing we've got going on. It's, so the thing about f- the flow controllers, and I don't really like the way it was implemented. I get the idea. So the the basic idea was that it's weird to call back up in the view hierarchy. So when you transition from one view controller to the next, if you think about it, it's really weird to have to call back up the stack. So you go self.navigationController 
push view controller, right? So like you're one level down, you shouldn't have to know about your navigation controller from the view controller. But you do. You do have to because of the way the APIs are designed. You have to know about that navigation controller because you have to be able to tell it to advance. And kind of the hypothesis here is that it's – or not the – you know, the concept here is that that's weird. That's, that's – in all seriousness, that's basically breaking encapsulation. Now your view controller is not responsible for controlling that view but is responsible for controlling that view and navigating into and out of that view. And that kind of sucks. So how can you get around that? And he kind of proposes this idea of flow controllers that, and I don't remember how he implemented it. I don't remember if they were holding on to a navigation controller or what, but basically you'd end up with these show next view controller and show previous view controller. And that would let you jump forward and backwards in the stack. I think this is okay. And it, it does hold on to a navigation controller. Oh, he mentions Viper right here. This is like a router or a wireframe in Viper, mm-hmm. where it, it strictly just knows about the app at large and how to get around. Right. So, so my problem with this, not my, and it's not even a problem, but my only thing here is that he creates a concrete object for this instead of, I mean, I guess you could create and then subclass it. My question is, who owns this flow controller? So that's why I think it could work. I'm just kind of thinking out loud here, but I think that it could work well in our situation, right? We have MV, using MVVM, which I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about the term like MVVM and what we're calling this architecture. And it's kind of like a vague term that we're kind of co-opting in order to describe this idea of pulling stuff out of the view controller into another object or whatever. But since we already have this top level view controller and we have this application controller thing, like we have stuff up above our view controllers. I think that these could be depend like injected, like dependency using dependency injection from the view models maybe, or from the application controller or from the application view controller. You know what I mean? We do have a place to start creating these things and keep passing them down into the next object. It's weird because they have to be instantiated with a navigation controller. Right. And there's no real way around that. You have to have something has to have a reference to that navigation controller. Yeah, that does feel like it should be on like the sort of view controller branch. Mm-hmm. And it, it would basically work for like every linear progression of view controllers. And then at the point where you get to um, I'm presenting a modal, which is, has its own progression of view controllers in a stack, then you would branch again and be like, okay, well, I'm creating a new one of these sort of flow controllers now. And I'm going to hand it off, but hand it off to to who? Right. I, I, that's the part I don't get. It, I guess it has to be owned by the view controller that presented that. Mm-hmm. But I don't see what that gets you. I, uh, sure, you're, you're separating concerns. That's great. Like it's in a new object. But I don't know. Yeah. As, as you would say, you're just kind of pushing peas around. And, and the, more, the more I think about this, the more I'm wondering if it's – like if you look at our code base, which I think is a typical – code base for the kind of the way we work right now and are planning on working for the foreseeable future. One of the things that we use is storyboards, right? And how much of what he's talking about is already taken care of by segues, right? Like thinking into our code base and thinking of the number of places that we're manually pushing and popping view controllers onto and off of the stack. I think there's only one place where that's happening and that's navigating to the detail or, or the profile. I think it's the profile. Cause I think you have that loop, 
You know what I mean? Where you can go from post to or comment to profile to posts to post to come to profile. You know what I mean? You have that you have that continuous loop like any social networking thing. You as soon as you introduce profiles and then you have the ability to view that user's posts, then you need to have this continuous loop. I don't think we're doing much of this anymore. I feel like this is duplicating segues to a certain extent. Yeah. Uh, especially because it's owned by the view controller. Right. I, I got down further in this post, and you initialize the the children contained in this thing with the parent, which is a little odd. Because then the children, when you... The children flow controllers? Uh, the view controller subclasses that oh. are being um, flowed betwixt. <laughs> flowed betwixt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't really mean to say that. It just came out. Continue. <laughs> so, so then when you tap on a button or something, you're just calling out to the flow controller, which I guess then you don't have to know, what, like, oh, am I in a nav controller or am I in a tab bar controller? But uh, I don't know. Yeah. So just to play devil's advocate, if, we are, if you are looking at using something like this, I think that there is a case that you could have a larger flow controller thing if you if you use kind of this architecture that we keep talking about with this application view controller and then everything is contained in there all of a sudden you could have the navigation con- the individual view controllers not actually know anything right and all they do is they send responder chain actions which are then caught by the higher level view controller which then does the proper thing but does that push state up into that top level that doesn't need to be there because I'm thinking of like, do you need like conditional logic or does it like how does that responder chain thing work? Are you sending? I don't know, man. There's just there's still like when you tap a button that says settings, you're gonna need to communicate that you tap that. So you're not gonna get away from the knowledge that you need to move to the settings view. All you can do is get away from the knowledge of how to move to the settings view, which I guess is kind of worthwhile but it's not yeah my my initial thought is like yeah that's a nice level of abstraction you push a button and then you just call this thing and it has a very specific method about what you're trying to do i want to show the settings screen Mm -hmm. how you show it whether you push it or it's modal it's nice that you're removed from that but in that case you're just interacting with other view controllers so i'm not sure that that's a meaningful abstraction like why push that into another object is it just to have like these nicely named methods I don't think that's enough of a win. Right. It's not gaining testability out of this. Like, it's still view logic. I don't think you're gaining much flexibility either. Are you? Like, I'm trying to think of... Because, I mean, the the problem is you're going to end up with coupling here. You know what I mean? Whether it's coupling via method names or coupled coupling via implementation of those method names, you're going to end up with coupling if again like if i'm going to user profile i i'm going to need to communicate that in one way or another because like let's look at our main screen as a good example of this right you have list of posts and you can tap a post and you can go to the comments or you can tap the user's avatar and go to that user's profile so if we abstract that let's assume we're not using storyboards so we don't have segues which is what we're using if so now if you tap a post you have to communicate somehow whether it's a direct method or a spawner chain action you have to say 
that I want to go to this specific post, which in our architecture means dealing with the view model. You'd still have to get the right view model for the next screen out of our view model and then pass it, for example, do something like, you know, you'd have a method on this flow controller. It's like, so it's like self.flow controller, move to post detail view controller for view model and then pass in the view model. And now all of a sudden the flow controller has to know about even more objects. It's really just not concerned with getting around anymore. It has to act as like this thing that shuttles your view model from one from place view to controller another. to view and, controller. But I mean that could be that's mostly a pass through and so the one one of the big problems with not big problems, but I mean one of the one of the issues with storyboards in general is that stupid freaking segue catch all callback prepare for segue thing i hate that stupid method right and it sucks and you always end up having to have a big conditional in there and you're checking against strings and it's like strings that are defined in code versus strings that are defined in the storyboards and there's no way to constantize those and it's a huge like i hate i absolutely hate that method you know what i mean but it's kind of a necessity in this case because we have to pass an object it's, it's a necessity anytime you're doing this. You know what I mean? When you have a master detail view, you have to pass that object down into the detail view. You have to. So you're going to have to do this. So the nice thing here is that we could get away from that method. And instead, we could have a method on the view controller that now says, instead of having a read-only or a read-write property on all of our view controllers, we can now have a init with view model method so that we're instantiating the view controllers with the view model directly, which wouldn't save a whole lot except for like one line. But we could add some type safety there to the method definition for showing the detail view controller because we would say that it, when I show this detail view controller, I need this specific kind of view model to go into it. And we wouldn't have to have that conditional because we just have actions. So... It have to be. It would have to be a responder chain. It would have to be a responder chain in our architecture, at least. But the big thing there is, it would be kind of nice to get rid of that string checking and to get rid of that conditional inside that callback method. Yeah, I think Apple could have solved that by allowing segues to have target action. Yes. If I could like create a segue between two view controllers, and then from the segue into my code, say, "Hey, here's a method." It invokes that method, passes itself as the argument. Now I know that this is this segue. Yep. I don't have to switch on the identifier. Yeah. God, that would be so much nicer. I just, I hate that freaking, and it's, is that stupid thing came out like just before I feel like they were like, you know, these, uh, these single catch all delegate methods aren't a super good idea. Like that's when they start, like right after that was when they started adding blocks to things and it'd be nice to not, uh, I hate that stupid thing. Cause you're always having to pull out the, view controller from the desk from the segue as the segue destination view controller and then cast it to the view controller that you know it is and like again you're kind of doing this wink wink nudge nudge thing with the compiler just being like no i promise you this is what it is and that's opening you up to bugs and awful i hate that stupid i i mean it's like i love segues i really do i think i'm i am a big believer in storyboards and i'm a big believer they help more than they hurt like getting something up off the ground immediately to be able to show a client you know what i mean like within a day or two just have a tappable basically wireframe just be like here's kind of how it's going to work is awesome 
But then once you start working with them, I think this is the biggest main pain point for me. Anyway, um, but I don't know. Do you think that's do you think that's worth it? Like you would you would just end up with these objects. So basically, if we did this, we would have one object sitting somewhere that has methods like show profile view controller for view model, show detail view controller for view model. You know, like if you're just looking at the posts, so you'd have to have show posts for view model and then show user profile for view model and show post detail for view model, right? And that would let you complete that loop. And then you would do things like override, did select road index path, and it, there's no conditional there. It just pulls out the view model, tells its flow controller to show the detail for that view model. You do things in the, and this is why I was saying it has to be the responder chain, especially at least in our architecture, because that button, that avatar button that you tap on to jump to the profile is in the cell. And so it would have to send a responder chain action from the cell all the way up the view controller stack with the right author view model. Yeah, this just seems like a lot of complexity. It doesn't outweigh the benefit, I don't think. It's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, in practice, I don't think you'd get much benefit out of it. So the one place that I have used something startlingly similar to this was, I don't know, a long time ago, one of my first projects. And we had a place in, it was that, I've talked about it a few times, but it was this project where we were doing this SDK work for white labeling. So basically it was an authentication flow or registration flow, right? And so the basic registration flow was fairly simple. It was like, you know, name, address, you know, blah, 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 like three or four steps or split across, you know, three or four screens. But then this thing was supposed to be taken and being able to be built upon for other clients, right? And other clients had different requirements for stuff that needed to be included in the registration flow for users, right? So we had like this kind of weird catch-all optional user info dictionary that like basically any client could just dump in info into and then pull it out of later. It was literally just like a dictionary object in the user's record, right, in Postgres. And so what we ended up doing was we had I think we called it a registration flow controller. And what it allowed us to do was it would create one if it didn't have one, right? And it would just create this default one. But you could hand it one, right? And you could you could create you could subclass this thing, create your own, and just override the methods between the steps that you needed to insert yourself into. So if you needed to add a, a you know, some specific checklist at step two, you would override just the methods that would get you from step one to step two, and from step two to step three. No, into step two, right? So basically, you would create your own method to progress to the what was actually step two, and you'd override the method to get to step two, and then you could stick your own view controller in there. So let's say the first step is just your username and you know basic basic profile information. So the first you know you have this uh, basic info view controller, and then you need to inject this additional info view controller after it. So you would override the method that says, I think it was like a, it was phrased like a callback. So it was like view controller after basic registration view controller, 
right? And it would fetch that view controller from this central object. So you override that and you hand it your own. And then you implement another method that says uh, view controller after additional info view controller, right? And then you hand it back the thing that should be next in the chain. And then from that point on, the default implementation takes over and continues you down the line. It's kind of a nice way to be able to arbitrarily inject view controllers where they needed to be in this process based on the client's needs. That being said, I haven't written anything like that since because that's not, it's, it was a very specific use case. Like there was a bunch of stuff on that project that was like, this is great and it's really interesting. I'm probably never going to write it again because I just don't need to do this ever. You know what I mean? Like a lot of theming stuff and a lot of configurability of the application itself. But I did think that was an interesting that's, – that's one of those parts of that project that's really stuck with me as being kind of like a really nice, clean way to do something that when they were telling me about it, I was like, oh, this is going to suck. Like, how do we do this? It ended up not being that bad. And like I said, it's start, I think the only thing that they're doing that we weren't doing is I don't think that we passed the navigation controller up into it. I think that it was just – vending view controllers basically and then the view controller itself was just blindly getting view controllers back and pushing them onto the stack are you deep in thought or are you zoned out no i'm i was i was going down a you know a, a path there <laughs> okay thinking, thinking about navigation controller subclassing and oh referencing a flow controller from that yeah and then it's literally just like i need this view controller now Push it on yourself. I need this one now. Push it on yourself. So just telling the navigation controller. Yeah, you like the way you route around is actually in a nav controller subclass that's like dedicated to that whole flow. Mm. And then what you're calling a flow controller just hands out view controllers that are pre-configured and ready to go. Right. I mean, where would you inject that? So the big problem for me for a lot of this is that really for navigation controller subclassing in general is that I never want to touch navigation controllers in code because I hate that stupid dance where you have to create a navigation controller, then create the view controller that you actually want, and then set that view controller as a navigation controller as root view controller, and then move on from there. It's like, I hate, I hate that stupid thing. I still wish that there was a way to just instantiate view controllers with a navigation controller attached. Just be like, look, <laughs> just wrap this stu- like a Boolean, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it, like it, once, it, once it, a navigation it, controller. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just do that. That's such a common pattern is creating view controllers that are wrapped in navigation controllers, you know? You, you could also contain a navigation controller in another view controller. Right. And have that container sort of act as, like, the manager for the whole thing. I mean, so that's, that's what I'm saying. That's kind, of what, that's kind of what we have now, right? We have this top-level application view controller that's acting as a sort of flow view controller to a certain extent, right? It's, it's because, like we've said, it's responsible for, for example, navigating into and out of the authentication flow. So it's holding on to an active view controller, and it's animating between these two things, and it's putting things into, you know, changing out its, its views based on certain events. It's kind of acting like this weird top-level... Not navigation controller per se, but you know what I mean? And it could theoretically, like it or its view model could theoretically vend these things that then get passed down the stack 
but my big problem is that I keep coming back to this is like this would be if I weren't using storyboards, I think this would be really nice. I keep kind of talking myself into it more and more. Uh, whether it's like you're saying using a navigation controller subclass or whether it's kind of a like an expanded idea of what we're looking at view models for um, that kind of a thing. It seems like it would be nice to make the view controllers themselves more semantic and have the kind of actual implementation up the stack just a bit. And I'm not I'm not sure why I think that. Maybe I'm wrong, but there's something about that that I like. I know I've kind of I'm coming coming around. But every time like the more I think this through, the more I get back to like, yeah, but I could do that, but then I'm back to nibs or creating a storyboard without using segues. And now I'm like instantiate I'm getting back to like instantiating things with strings and it's like I don't I like that less. I like pulling stuff out of a storyboard less than I like dealing with that segue callback. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. And even it, I mean, it just doesn't, it just doesn't work. Like there's no need for a flow controller if you're using segues. Right. So I don't know. I think it's an interesting idea. And more than anything, honestly, I'm, I'm happy that anytime I see a pattern being mentioned, especially in a publication as large as iOS Dev Weekly, right, which has like, 20 30,000 uh subscribers and and they're all like high level subscribers you know what i mean like that's that's the cool thing to me about ios dev weekly is that everybody subscribed to it is a high level or not everybody but i'm saying that the wrong way all of the high level people that i know are subscribed to ios dev weekly you know what i mean it's not just the objective c tag on stack overflow <laughs> you know what i mean it's like no like people that are kind of the high level people in our community are all paying attention to this. So anytime this kind of a thing, these kind of patterns, be it MVVM or Viper or any of these kind of alternative patterns or alternative architecture ideas, anytime those come up at that level, I'm happy, right? I'm ha- I'm just happy to see people thinking outside the box that publicly and it being exposed to as many people as possible. I don't know. I just don't know that I have a use for it. I mean, am I off base there or does that sound right? No, that sounds right. I don't want to give up. Segways. I don't want to switch to nibs. No, nibs feel like they're on their way out. Yeah. I just like dealing with storyboards. I mean, there's so many things you can do in storyboards, especially once you get into the size classes. You want to do size classes in code? I don't want to do. I don't, can you do side classes, size classes in code, or is that just a storyboard thing? I don't even uh, yeah. know because I, yeah, I don't know. I, I saw that feature. I was like, cool. That's something I never want to type. It's like, <laughs> well, it's like the you know you can absolutely do core data without creating that manage object model thing and using the graphical interface. You can 100% write that in code. Show me one person that is willing to write that much code. Nobody does that, you know what I mean? Because it's like, no, I don't want to write all that boilerplate. It's like that's the same thing with me. And and nibs are good, but storyboards are better. I really hope that this episode gets us hate mail. Ah, oh, yeah, from anti storyboard people because I want to talk about this. I always ask people, what's your non reactionary reason for not using storyboards? And I really do want to know because I know a lot of really freaking smart people that are just very anti storyboard. And I don't 100% know why. Right. I, like, I have no idea. So I'd love to hear that. 
We don't get hate mail. No. I don't think we've ever gotten hate mail. No. I wish does we that did, mean, kind of. <laughs> does it mean we're preaching to the choir too much? Yeah. I, I think we might be doing a bad job. <laughs> that no one disagrees. Or we're just that great. Yeah. Like right. that you can't disagree. Right. Right. We make our points so eloquently. Correct. <laughs> just bulletproof cases. Yeah. I'll go with that. I think I think um, Randy Nyquil is going to send in some hate mail. <laughs> Randy Nyquil. And if he wasn't before, he definitely is now. <laughs> He's at Instagram now. Oh, really? Yeah. Way to go, Randy. <laughs> uh, never gets old. All right. Do you want to wrap it up? Yes. All right. Show notes for this episode are going to be found at podcasts.thoughtbot.com slash buildphase slash 54. And as always, we want to hear your hate mail. So hate mail us at buildphase at thoughtbot.com. God damn it, Gordon. No, just go with it. Don't stop. <laughs> okay, okay. Or you can reach out on Twitter at buildphase. And as always, we appreciate terrible ratings and reviews on iTunes. <laughs> Fantastic. I'll see you later. All right, later. Later.